So glad you guys joined us for our Senior High Ablaze Youth Ministries podcast. We really hope this message encourages you and let's check it out. I want to talk to you about how do you get from point A to point B? And we're going to start with this scripture, which is really cool because Noah Mackins, Noodle Boy, he quoted it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So I want to stop right here. And you know this. God's plans are always good plans. I want to rehearse this because some people get confused about this. God will never hurt you. God will never harm you. If something bad is happening in your life, it's for one of two reasons. You all ready for this? It's either because of the devil, who's the God of this world, is tormenting you, persecuting you, bringing something against you. That's number number, reason number one. Reason number two is you made a bad decision. So only two reasons bad things happen in our lives. Either the devil's harassing you or you made a bad decision. If something good is happening in your life, it's not from the devil to confuse you. If something bad's happening in your life, it's not from God to confuse you. All good things, just as the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Amen. So if something is good in your life, guess who that's from? All right, I'll give you another try. Hey, God. If something good is in your life, who's it from? If something bad is in your life, who's it from? Child. All right. If something good is in your life, who is it from? God. All right. I need a better response than just Charlie. If something good is in your life, who is it from? God. If something bad is in your life, who is it from? The devil. Right. Now, why is it important to know that? See, because a lot of people think that bad things happen for a reason. God is trying to teach them something or God is trying to show them something. That's not it at all. Now, God can take a bad situation and do what the Bible says and turn it for your good. And he does that. Whoa. (laughs) He does that all the time. And I'm grateful for that. But he is never the cause of a bad thing. Amen. Amen? So we have to understand that he has good plans for us. And so I want to talk to you about this. If you know God has good plans for your life and those plans can vary. You could be a minister like me. You could be a janitor. You can be a doctor. You can be a lawyer. You can be a teacher. You can be an Uber driver (laughs) driving for Uber Eats. I mean, there's all sorts of plans that God has for our lives. And so when we know that God has a plan for our life, how do we get from point A to point B? And there's a lot of things we can talk about to get from point A to point B, but I want to focus on a singular topic tonight. If you're going to get from point A to point B, whatever God has called you to do, you must begin at this spot that we're going to talk about. You have to decide in your heart, no matter what, you're going to stick with Jesus. He is because when you are on this journey in life and you're going through life and maybe you're, 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 you're moving towards an athletic career or maybe you're moving towards a musical career or maybe you're moving towards a career of being a minister, there will always be things. I love, um, you guys ever heard of, who was it that built the wall uh, over there? Uh, was it in Jeremiah? Who built the wall? It's not Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Was it Nehemiah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when Nehemiah went to the Persian king and he said, I'm going to, because you have to understand what was going on, which was just a crazy thing. I don't have time to go into all details, but the Persian government was rising up against Israel and there was a wall around Israel that had been destroyed. And Nehemiah, he said, I want to rebuild this wall. So he went to the Persian king and asked for permission to rebuild a wall, which was very, very strange. 
And so when he went to build the wall, and this isn't what we're talking about tonight, if you go back and you read it, he went to build the wall. And at first, some people come to him and they try to distract him. And then they leave and they come back with another person. And then they leave and then they come back with another person. The point is this. Whenever you try to do something in God and whenever you try to build something in God, there will always be a group of people that are trying to tear down what you and God are building. Right. And so Nehemiah had to tell the people what I'm doing is too important. I cannot come down off of this wall. And you're going to have to have that mentality in life. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever plan he has for your life, you've got to learn to stick with Jesus no matter what. And this is what happens lots of times when things get uncomfortable or when things get challenging. And this is what we're being taught in society. And it's so wrong. There's no, if this is a word, stick to Is that a word? Yeah, it is now. Lots of people, they just give up. You cannot have any give up in you. You cannot quit. Someone say, I'm not a quitter. When God's asked you to do something, you don't quit no matter how hard and how challenging it is. We look at Jesus all the time as our example of this. He was literally prophesied to die on a cross and he knew that was his gifting and his call and God's plan for his life. And he was so vexed about it and stressed out about it that the Bible tells us he was sweating great drops of blood. The plan for God's life, it tried him. It vexed him. It tormented him, but he never gave up on what God asked him to do. See, and I think sometimes we think, well, you're a minister, so God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for everybody's life. Everybody's life. Let's go over to Psalms chapter one. I read this last night when I was laying in bed and it just kind of stood out to me. And so I want to go here because I believe that this is, it shows us a couple things about God's plan for our life. This is really hard with a bandaid on your finger. So Psalms one, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or standing around with sinners or joining with the scoffers. Scoffers just means ungodly, but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night, they think about his law. Now, look at what it says. They delight in doing what the Lord wants. They delight. So whatever God wants you to do. See, we don't tell our children, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. We tell our children, you can do whatever God's asked you to do. If he's asked you to be a lawyer, you can do that. He's put that on the inside of you. If he asks you to be a janitor, you can do that. He's put that on the inside of you. If he asks you to be an engineer, you can do that. Find out what God wants you to do and then delight yourself in it. Now, it's no mystery anymore because Cody let the cat out of the bag, but this is how I can be a youth pastor at 41 years of old. Amen. Let me say it this way, 40 years, 41 years of young. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and this is why it doesn't affect our relationship because I found out what God wants me to do and I delight myself in it. You don't make me miserable, and hopefully I don't make you miserable, except for sometimes when I give you weird nicknames, I do make you miserable. But the reason why we don't make each other miserable, even though you're teenagers and I'm kind of in my elder years, if you will. No, middle years. I'm not in my elder years. Yeah, I'm in my middle years. The reason why this works is because God called me to do it, and I delight myself in it. See, and when you find out what God's called you to do and delight yourself in it, then stuff doesn't matter like age or race or sexuality. It doesn't matter because you found what God's called you to do and you delight yourself in it. And then he makes a way in spite of those things. That's how you can be a youth pastor at 41 years old because age doesn't matter. God told me to do it. I delight myself in it. And boom, he makes a way for it to happen. 
See, now whether my age bothers you tonight or not, it never bothered you before because you didn't know it. Right? I mean, it's pretty weird to have a 41-year-old youth pastor. It just is. But since I act like I'm 12, it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's just awesome. But listen, you got to delight yourself in what God's asked you to do. Don't be frustrated with it. Don't run away from it, but run towards it. Now watch what happens when you delight yourself in it. Verse three, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, barren fruit in each season without fail. Their leaves never, never wither and all they do prospers. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at a time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Verse, uh, verse six, for the Lord watches over the path of godly, but the path of wicked leads to destruction. Did you know, now this is not supposed to be controversial, but God's not watching over everybody's path. He can't watch over the path of the disobedient. They're running away from him. It's just like this. God doesn't bless everybody. He can't bless everybody. There's qualifications to his blessings and there's qualifications to his promise and he can only bless the obedient. He can only help those that are running after him instead of running away from him. Right? And this is controversial right now because everybody is telling you that personal responsibility doesn't matter, but God is saying personal responsibility does matter. You have to be responsible over your life and your life choices. And when you are, I can bless you. I can help you. I can take care of you. I can make you like a tree that is planted. And I love this, producing fruit in every season. The first place you got to start to get from point A to point B is you have to be stuck with God. You have to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. Now, he gives us a couple keys in Psalms chapter one. Number one, he says, don't follow the advice of the wicked. Everyone say, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. You remember what uh, Proverbs, I believe it's 26, it might be 29, one of them, it says this, that when the godly give way to the wicked, it pollutes the wells of living water inside them. Amen. You cannot give way to the wicked in your life. Your life is a garden created by God and you can't let the enemy corrupt that garden or ruin that garden. You've got to protect it, right? You go back to the beginning in Genesis and when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he told Adam, do this one job. He said, keep the garden. In other words, protect it. Don't let the wicked in. And Adam did not do his job. And since Adam didn't do his job, the snake came in and slithered in. Y'all, I hate snakes. If any of you have a pet snake, I have major issue with you. I'll just put that out there right now. Has anybody got a pet snake? Because we're going to pray for you. <laughs> you yes, this Savannah. No, no, I'm kidding. All right. I don't have issue with you. I'm just teasing. I'm just playing. I didn't really think someone had one. Darn. No, I'm kidding. But snakes are just, ah, I don't know. Man, there's just something about them. They're like turtles. They creep me out. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand the whole thing. I mean, they take their house everywhere. It's weird. I, mean, I don't get it. It's just that they're weird. They, they swim weird. They walk weird. They get on the little log and they put their necks up weird. Snakes and turtles. I just don't understand it. All right. I mean, it's just a weird, really weird thing. But if you go back to Genesis, Adam's problem was he didn't keep his garden. Amen. Now, Adam had a natural garden. 
with real vegetation in it, you have a spiritual garden. It's your heart. And it's supposed to produce good fruit. And the way it doesn't produce is when we don't protect it. So we cannot follow the advice of the wicked. Can I just tell you, the wicked doesn't know anything about God's plan for your life. Mm, I'll say it again. The wicked does not know anything about God's plan for your life. Why would you ever listen to the wicked about God's plan? They don't know him and they don't know his plans. Don't ever, when the wicked tells you not to go to church, why would you ever listen to the wicked? When the wicked tells you not to read your Bible or don't pray or don't do this or don't do, why would you ever listen to them? See, you go back and you remember Joseph, y'all know who Joseph is in the Bible, says his dad made him this coat and it was full of rainbows and it was all, it was beautiful and it was glorious, had all these colors on it. And he had this dream and he had this plan and what'd he do? He shared his plan with his brothers who were wicked in their heart. And because he shared God's plan with them, what'd they do? They beat him, they covered his jacket with blood, they threw him in the pit. And then instead of killing him because they were cowards, they sold him into slavery. And he went to slavery, then to prison, then to the palace, back to prison to be in second in charge of a kingdom. But the reason why his journey went that direction is because he, he, he put his confidence in the wicked. And it tried to detour God's plan for his life. But what I love about Joseph is no matter what lies, no matter what turns his life took, he always stuck with God. See, when he had that dream and he saw himself standing, what are we talking about? How to get from point A to point B. He had a dream and God showed him, this is point A, point B, a better way of saying it is Z. There's a whole lot of letters in between. (laughs) And so he saw himself standing before his brothers and his family as he was in charge of the kingdom. But you know what? He didn't know all the stuff that was going to be in between that. He didn't know about the slavery. He didn't know about the prison. He didn't know about the betrayal in the palace that was going to send him back to prison. He didn't know all of that. But in the midst of all that, that tried his heart and tried the plan of God, he never gave up on God. And he never gave up on God's plan. As you try to follow God and the plan he has for your life, there will be challenges. There will be challenges. And I'm telling you this by the Holy Spirit to prepare you, to prepare your hearts So you can be ready when those challenges come and you can recognize what they are. This is not something that's going to derail my life. This is something that's going to make me dig in further to God's plan for my life. Everyone say, I'm prepared. prepared. So he said, don't take advice of the wicked. Next, he said, don't stand around with the sinners or join in with the scoffers or the ungodly. You know what a scoffer is? Someone who sits back and mocks God's plan. That's what Joseph brothers really did is they mocked, not Joseph, they mocked God's plan. Because the reason why they beat him and threw him in the pit wasn't because he was Joseph. It's because he shared God's plan. Remember what we said about Nehemiah. There's never somebody there to tear it down unless there's somebody else there trying to build it. When you try to build this life in God, the devil will bring people to tear it down. He just will. He'll bring relationships. He'll bring challenges. He'll bring sickness. He'll bring disease. He'll bring confusion. He'll bring turmoil. He'll bring division. He'll he'll throw every trick that he has in his bag at you to try to get you off of God's plan for your life. Again, I said it. There's a lot of things we can talk about, but we have to start here. 
If you're going to get from point A to point B, you've got to be centered on God first. You start here. Let's go over to John 15. Everyone say, I'm sticking with Jesus. And we're going to get into this, I think, in the weeks to come, because I want to help you guys. And I believe that I can't help you guys, because as we just did Robert trivia just a little bit ago, I didn't know that was going to happen, but it really blessed me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 15. How did I get from Colorado to Bible school in Oklahoma, from Bible school in Oklahoma to a small church in Alabama? (laughs) How does that happen? That wasn't what I envisioned when I lived in the mountains of Colorado. That's not what I saw for myself. (laughs) I didn't see myself move into the plains of Oklahoma to learn for two years, and then from Oklahoma move into the hills of Alabama that everybody get called mountains. I didn't see that happening, right? And when everyone says mountains, I'm like, it's not a mountain. When we call those hills, I didn't see that. But how did that happen? I can give you lots of reasons and tips, and we're probably going to get into that in the weeks to come. But it started here. I followed Jesus. I followed Jesus. And let me tell you one of the biggest secrets in following Jesus. The Bible says he is the prince of peace. If you want to follow Jesus, it's real simple. You follow peace. Now, I am going to ask you to do this. Raise your hand if you ever made a bad decision. Yeah. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, I bet you if you were honest with me and honest with yourself, how many of you had a knot or a feeling on the inside of your gut before you made that bad decision? Put your hand up. Now, don't lie to me. All right, you can put your hands down. As most of us, dare I say all of us. What is that? That's Jesus. When you're about to make that bad decision, he is showing you there is no peace there. Something is going to happen that's going to be destructive towards your life. And some people would say, that's just your conscience. Well, where does your conscience come from? It's inherent. It's given to you by God. So whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's conscience, either way, it's God. Right? Because you don't have a conscience without God giving you one. And you don't have the Holy Spirit without God giving you him. So you have both of them working on the inside of you. Either way, there's this knot on the inside of you when you're about to do something stupid or foolish, dare I say, when you're about to make a bad decision, when you're about to get off of God's plan for your life. And that, what is that? That's a violation of his peace. See, along the way, every step I took from Colorado to Oklahoma to Alabama, I always had peace in here. I even told pastor, when I was sitting in his living room and he asked me if I wanted to be the youth pastor, we're sitting in his living room right down the street from the church. He said, you want to be our youth pastor? You know what I told him? I said, it seems good to me. What does that mean? I didn't have a bad feeling in here. It just seemed good. This will help you. Those of you that are in high school and maybe you're a senior, you're about to graduate, or maybe you're a junior and you're starting to look at colleges. What seems good in here? What turns the stomach in here? Because if it, it, oh man, I'm wearing an Alabama hat, so you know I'm all about Alabama. But maybe you're an Alabama fan too, but when you go out to fill out the application, you get something here. Don't override that just because you like the school. Maybe you love Alabama, but God wants to send you to Auburn. Oh, snap. Talk about tough decision, right? But there's something there he needs you to get. So you can't follow your preferences. You got to follow the principle of God. 
right? And so, man, I go to fill out that application for the school because I really like this school. And I hope some of you decide to go to Alabama. I'll be helping you. Yeah, go, go, go. But maybe you start filling it out and there's just something that doesn't seem right. Christians get in trouble when it doesn't seem right and they push it down because they want to do what they want to do. See, in order to follow God's plan for your life, you've got to stick with him. And sticking with him means sometimes you have to override what you want to do and determine in your heart, I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Amen? Amen. Everyone say amen. So let's look at this. <sighs> I hope we can get to all this. We'll just go fast. John 15, verse one, very familiar, I'm sure to all of you guys. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. So what is God doing? He's doing what we just read in Psalms chapter one. He's gonna cut the wicked out of your life if you allow him to. He's gonna cut the scoffers out of your life if you allow him to. He's even gonna cut that out of your life. Maybe you're a scoffer. Maybe you're doing wicked things. As you walk with him, he's gonna prune that stuff from your life so you can follow the plan of God for your life. Amen? And so we have to allow him to do that. Now listen, it's not always an easy decision. When God gets out those little, those little pruners, those little, what are the shears? <laughs> I forgot the name of them. He's like, clip, 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 pruning shears. Sometimes it hurts. Right? You don't want me to go watch that movie with my friends? You'd rather me go to a youth event? or I mean, I don't even know what it could be. It could be a, multiple, a, a multitude of things. Right? Maybe one thing he prunes you out is he doesn't want you to be a scoffer. The way you begin not being a scoffer is you got to control your tongue, like he said in James chapter three. So maybe one of the things he'll do in pruning you is he'll teach you self-control because maybe you cuss from time to time and he's saying, I'm going to teach you how to walk in self-control. Stop cussing. Amen. What is that? That's the pruning shears. He's teaching you how to walk with him instead of walking with the wicked because the Bible says you're in the world, but not of the world. What does the world do? They don't control their tongue. They say what they want and they say what they think. They say what they feel and they don't care who it offends or who it hurts, right? But God's not like that. He says you need to watch your tongue and you don't cut people down with your tongue. And you only say, this is what he said in the Bible, say what is edifying unto others, what builds up others. Well, what is that? That's the pruning especially when it's not easy. Someone's mean to you, someone's ugly to you, someone's rude to you. The first thing we want to do is pop off at the mouth. If we don't say it to them, we'll say it to our friends. Amen. Amen. Well, what do we have to do? Right. We have to, okay, well, that would be good, but we have to let God prune our hearts and help us with this. And so this is what he says. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned for the greater faithfulness by the message I have given you. Now here's the key. We started here. We're going to end here. Remain in me. Everyone say remain. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain. Someone say remain. remain. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Now, listen, this is key for apart from me. You can do nothing. If you separate yourself from him, you'll never follow the plan of God for your life. You'll never fulfill the plan of God for your life. You must keep yourself attached 
to the vine and he is the vine and we are the branches. Don't let anything take you away from him. This is how we get from point A to point B, from point A to point Z. This is how we're able to overcome. Listen, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, right? So let's, I, I mistitled it. I should have said from A to Z instead of A to B. I don't know why that I did that. But from A to Z, when you stick with God, the Bible says, be of good joy or be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He also said, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. So as you're going from point A to point Z, whatever you come up with it, B, C, D, E, all those other letters, whatever you come up with, if you stick with him, you have everything you need to overcome those challenges. Amen. Right? Amen. Everyone say, remain in him. Amen. This is the very first place we have got to start. We have to decide in our hearts that we're going to stick with him no matter what. We're not going to let anything get away, get us away from God because when we get away from him, we get away from his plan for our life. If you would, close your head and bow your heads real quick. I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit, God has a plan for your life. You know this. This is not a mystery to you. You know this. And maybe you don't know exactly what that plan is. Maybe you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do, but you know he has a plan. He's going to reveal that plan to you. And it's going to happen in time. So don't get frustrated with it. But you have to decide right now in your heart, I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what. No matter how difficult it gets, no matter how trying it gets, no matter how frustrating it gets, no matter how confusing it gets, I'm sticking with Jesus because my success, you got to determine this in your heart tonight, my success begins with my relationship with him. As your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I want to read this one scripture to you. The Holy Spirit won't let me let go of it. I got to read it. It's over in 2 Timothy. We talked about it last week chapter 3, and I'm going to just read verse 4. It's talking about people. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, who's the pastor of the church of Ephesus. So he's talking about believers. He's not talking about secular people. He is talking to Christians when he says this. He says, they will betray their friends, be reckless and puffed up with pride, love pleasures rather than God. Now listen, your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed. Listen to this, verse 5. They will act as if they are religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. You must stay away from people like that. It is not about being religious. It's about being in a relationship with Jesus. And over here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul tells him what people look like that move away from Jesus. And it's an ugly picture. It's an ugly picture. Their lives are a disaster. But God's got good plans for you. Not plans for disaster to harm you, but plans to bless you prosper you, to give you hope, and to give you an end. But that starts with you sticking with Jesus. When you stick with Jesus, you're not religious, and you're not denying the power that can help you. But instead, you're inviting it into your life. You're saying, Jesus, help me. Help me overcome this battle. Help me overcome this trial. Help me overcome this temptation. Help me overcome this obstacle so I can walk with you, abide with you, live with you, be with you, so I can focus and walk 
out the plan that you have for my life. As your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed and nobody's looking around, I want to pray a very simple prayer over you. Father God, I pray for them. (laughs) I'm not saying this to patronize them or make them feel good, but I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. I know the good things that you've put inside of them because you created them and you made them and you're a good God. And since you made them, since you created them, and since you're a good God, the things that are in them, the tools, the equipment, the anointings, the giftings, they're good. So I preserve that. I preserve their calls, whatever they may be. I preserve their lives, whatever they may be. I preserve their future. I protect them with my faith. And as I pray for them, Father God, the same confidence... (laughs) that you put in me all those years ago to follow you no matter what is the confidence I put in them right now by faith. Confident to follow you. No distractions. This is where we start. This is point A. We start with you. And as we stick with you, you can get us all the way to Z. So I seal their futures. I seal their minds. I seal their hearts and their spirits in Jesus' name really hope you guys enjoyed that service. Come back next week to check out another podcast and be sure to follow us at We Are Ablaze.